This is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert. Welcome to season six of Social Pros. If you want to learn how big companies succeed with social media, you found the perfect podcast. The show is brought to you by Salesforce Marketing Cloud, inspiring one-to-one connections with your customers through social, mobile, email, web, and advertising. The show is also brought to you by Yext, whose award-winning location management platform helps companies of all sizes drive more foot traffic to their doors and get more customer reviews. And by Convince and Convert, social media strategy advisors and counselors to the world's most interesting brands. Convince and Convert makes your social better. My co-host for the show is Adam Brown. Find all links, archives, and more at socialpros.com. Are you ready? Let's get to work. Welcome, everybody, to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. I am, as always, Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, joined, as usual, by my very special Texas friend. He is the executive strategist of Salesforce Marketing Cloud, hailing from the great city of Austin, Texas, by way of Tennessee. He is the one, the only, Mr. Adam Brown, whose birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Nice Thank you. Host. It is hard to believe I'm one year older, but no wiser. I don't know how that happened. You're, you're uh, negative wiser. That's what that's what happens. Yeah, and it could have been the brain cells that were uh, killed in the past 24 hours. Uh, but you did it uh, up. You, you tore it up for your birthday a little bit. Had, had, had some fun. Had some fun going on uh, a little PTO uh, starting tomorrow. Nice. And then it's going to be some crazy travel. I'm going to get to go to uh, to Sydney and Melbourne, Australia for a week or two, and then London and Norway. Maybe we have some social pros listeners in those fair countries that can uh, email us at. Uh, at jjbear.com and uh, and tell us about it. Yeah, trying to hook up with Adam when yeah. he's on his road. Are you doing a Salesforce event in Norway or are you just hanging? Uh, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Nice. I love, love, love Norway. I am a quarter Norwegian, uh, so I, I love it by, by training. I did, I did not know. So we're going to spend some time in Norway and then uh, Trun time. So nice. it'll be my first uh, visit to, uh, to Norway. Fantastic. You will have a great time. Thanks. You know what's interesting about Norway? Uh, it is, of course, part of the Nordic countries, the Scandinavians. You know where a lot of the Scandinavians settled in this country? Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, it's all it's all tall blondes in Minnesota for the most part. Our guest on the show today is right in smack dab the middle of Minnesota. He is surrounded by Scandinavians. He is in the lovely, fantastic city of Minneapolis. He is the social media campaign manager for U.S. Bank. He is Jason Schober. Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jerry. Jay, it's wonderful to be here. So I appreciate uh, you having me on the podcast. Are, are you sufficiently Nordic by birthright to live in Minneapolis, or are you an invader? I am an invader. I am actually of uh, German Irish descent. So don't tell anybody that. No one listens to this show. <laughs> no, we're gonna I kind of keep that on the down low, especially uh, when I'm uh, working with a lot of my coworkers here who are very much Scandinavian. But uh, yeah. Absolutely. Did happen to find a nice German girl here in Minnesota who made me stay, and that's why uh, I reside here at, to this day. Nicely done. Tell us a little bit about U.S. Bank and its footprint for folks who may not have a U.S. Bank location in their town. Yeah, so U.S. Bank is what is considered a super regional bank. Uh, we are in about 26 states uh, nationwide, uh, which is mainly concentrated in Midwest and uh, West Coast, Northwest. And um, so we kind of stand alone. Uh, we we find our competitors to be a lot of those uh, national banks that you may have heard of, like uh, Wells Fargo, Chase, and uh, the such. Um, but we also have certain competitors and in, mar- in different markets that we um, definitely uh, consider and keep an eye out and uh, ear open to uh, for any kind of uh, marketing types of purposes. 
What is the role of social media in, in the bank? What, what is what is social supposed to do for U.S. Bank? Is it customer acquisition? Is it cross-promotion of additional products to current customers who might have a checking account with you, but you want to get them in on a home equity line of credit, et cetera? Uh, is it more a B2B, or is it in some ways all those things? It's in some ways all those things. Um, you know, a lot of what we start out, so kind of the history there is we started out like three years ago with an internal audit. Um, social media was very disjointed, and so um, we realized that there needed to be some um, uh, kind of oversight and uh, larger um, uh, umbrella of what social can do for the bank. And uh, in that case scenario, we were able to, to kind of put a larger strategy together that hit multiple uh, business lines uh, in an awareness standpoint, primarily. And uh, what we've seen in just the past couple of years uh, based off that audit is really understanding not only where that awareness can play, but then how we can expand off of that for um, different types of products, services, um, and to be able to kind of uh, transition that awareness play into some of our more kind of consideration and acquisition types campaigns. Um, so it has played an important role kind of expanding that way, but uh, it has primarily been an awareness. And so um, we've seen a lot of kind of brand building over the last couple of years. Um, we've, uh, you know, have been uh, developing our content strategies around that uh, kind of play of awareness and understanding um, who our clients are, what's most important to them, and trying to um, really emit those uh, types of um, emotions and storytellings to help build that kind of trust and awareness with those individuals that either are current clients or are considering of being clients of U.S. Bank. On your side of the aisle, you are primarily working on the paid social advertising front, yes? Yes, yeah. So uh, in my role, um, what we call is the kind of social business team. We're almost the uh, internal, you know, social advertising and strategy um, agency within the bank. So we are kind of our first kind of go-to for a lot of our business line partners. So we work with your product marketing managers um, uh, or uh, you know, business line marketing managers to help them develop a strategy where um, they have a business line goal that they want to achieve, whether that is uh, just a broader brand awareness of, let's say, you know, some credit card benefits or um, a potentially um, uh, strengthening a certain um, demographic within a market. And so we're, you know, presenting them with ideas of how social would fit into that. Um, they may or may not have already worked on a content strategy um, and have some initial creative. Uh, if not, we kind of provide them uh, with that. What would a social first uh, content strategy look like um, and how that would potentially work with an integrated campaign for some more of their traditional. And, and being a bank, uh, we do have, you know, we do rely quite a bit still on some, you know, direct mailers. Um, um, some tents that happen in branch, um, relying on that foot traffic, um, sometimes trade shows and kind of community outreach events, uh, those types of things. So um, we want to be um, mindful of those when we're considering how social fits into that um, and really understanding if that audience is um, active on social platforms, which ones they are active on, and how that can potentially support them either you know, pre, during, or post any kind of activation to um, best uh, be a part of that, that strategy. I suspect you're putting a fair bit of budget on Facebook, since everybody is on Facebook, are you also doing social advertising on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Snapchat, etc.? Yeah, we actually, um, Instagram has been uh, 
a specific um, platform that we really have emphasized here in the past year. Um, we And it's also kind of helped us evolve in thinking about our content strategy. Um, when we were expanding out um, where we were going to have our content developed and where we could potentially place that, we really were thinking about, okay, well, how can we take this one content development and creative piece and really um, stretch it across all platforms? But uh, the way that we started to evolve on Instagram really made us start to think a little bit more of how we should be specifically developing creative for each platform. Now, the messaging may still be the same, but um, the way that we were seeing the growth of our Instagram community as well as um, the interactions that they were having with our content, we felt like we could do better. Um, we could tell more visual story uh, based on maybe the gen- uh, the the general storyline that we had for maybe some of the the Facebook content that we had, or and or um, you know if we had a B two B message, um, you know something on LinkedIn. How could we tell on um, those types of stories? So you know one thing that's been really successful for us has been uh, what we call our talk shop campaign for small business. So um, it is a very B two B kind of C uh, types of story. We're, we're talking to small entrepreneurial um, business owners. And we found that those types of content actually worked really, really well on Instagram. We were sharing that type of content. Um, we even did some, you know, Are there actual scenes. videos on Instagram. What's that? It's actually videos on Instagram. Yeah, um, some videos on Instagram, some uh, images. Um, we've actually also started doing some Instagram stories on behind the scenes of uh, how those uh, kind of talk shop videos um, that we've uh, were developing are are kind of happening. Uh, and so we th- we found that to be really kind of um, engaging types of content that um, our audiences really like. So we're starting to think a little bit more about how we can leverage any kind of creative production or um, content stories and make them a little bit more visual. How do you measure effectiveness? Because you've got so many different kind of mouths to feed from a campaign and objectives perspective. Are you looking at at engagement and clicks? Or are you looking all the way through conversions? Like, hey, we just got a new customer from this particular Instagram ad, et cetera. Or, or are you creating a different sort of success dashboard for every ad campaign? Yeah, we are, we are definitely uh, creating a different success um, kind of pl- uh, platform. We use we we use the same platform, but we really uh, want to understand what the business line goals are for our partners first. So um, any kind of social metrics and KPIs that we're establishing really all get tied back to um, that business line goal. So um, each business line bo- um, goal uh, is potentially. Um, going to be acquisition based. It could be awareness based. So if it is awareness based, um, you know, we have some JD power types of, um, uh, campaigns out there that we do, um, surveys on and so we tie, we tend to look at okay um if we do an awareness campaign we can at least from a social side measure maybe some brand uplift uh and then we use the jd power as kind of our end goal to see are we moving the needle um and making a little bit more awareness on um, certain products uh do our customers feel a little bit more um comfortable with uh doing business with us if it's more of acquisition campaign yeah are we looking at then social clicks cost per clicks as far as social success but then again are we helping them reach their goal, whether that is a volume goal or a cost per application, cost per acquisition uh, type of goal. So we're really partnering with our business lines to help them understand where social fits into that and um, how how that can help uh, achieve their goals for a total campaign success. And uh, so we we would partner with our internal teams uh, along with the social business team. We have, um, you know, a content team. Uh, We have a social 
metrics and um, uh, monitoring team. So they will help us from an analytics standpoint to see, you know, if it is um, a brand sentiment type of campaign, they'll help us do that measurement for us. Uh, the content team, if we're, we're trying to measure um, how maybe different t- types of messaging is getting to certain demographics or markets, um, we can help have them do a, a little bit of analysis there um, and take that back to any kind of um, internal partners that we're working with or external agencies. It's so great to hear you say that because so often, Adam, we find social media professionals, whether it's organic or paid, when it comes time to prove whether or not this works, they want to be able to press a button on the software and get the, yep, it worked, you know, show me the spreadsheet. But in some cases, you actually have to do first party research to determine the effectiveness. So when you're doing JD Power surveys to determine lift on awareness based on a campaign, if you're doing internal attitudinal surveys or or share of voice or sentiment analysis to see whether or not those particular campaigns move the needle in that regard, that's the right way to do it. Uh, I love what, what Jason and his team are doing at US Bank, but it's, it's really rare. So often we find people don't want to take the time to do the research to determine whether it works. And so they just Side, they either are going to stipulate that they think it works or they just figure, well, we it's unknowable. So we'll just make some assumptions. And yeah, and I agree. And I think it's one of those things where too oftentimes I think we as marketers and communicators sometimes kind of fall into that trap uh, of kind of the, the difference in correlation and, and, and causation. But but Jason, what I'm, I'm really impressed with is is your use of, of, of things like that J.D. Power and Associates program. What other types of kind of primary research vehicles are you using or other types of metrics? I know a lot of companies like U.S. Bank will use Net Promoter Score and, uh, and other kind of known tools that executives are familiar with for them to be able to show not, uh, not just, again, correlation of, uh, of social activities improving brand lift or actual you know, attribution to sales or, or new accounts, but also causation. H- how are you kind of educating up to your senior executives on how, how your success is, is going? Um, yeah, I would say it's definitely um, uh, the details of that would probably be best for our measuring and uh, monitoring team. But um, we do have a monthly report um, that is sent up all the way to the C level um, of teams. So they kind of know where our social footprint is at. Um, we get help to help to create a report that gives them a pulse on it. And so that's um, a lot of more internal um, types of uh, resolutions. Um, you know, how are things going with our kind of social community um, service uh, and customer service? Uh, what are we seeing as far as net sentiment across the board on any kind of comments as well as interactions we have with our show, uh, social content? Um, and so we really um, have been relying a lot on, on that. Every once in a while, we will, like you said, have certain products that work with um, different um, uh different types of research firms. Um, so any, you know, our, our, our corporate side of things will do a lot of um, research and partnering to develop white papers. So they really, um, they're not relying on themselves as maybe just an individual voice, but having a, a research firm come and really give the whole broader industry spectrum of where things are heading within maybe, let's say, payments, um, digital payments, or um, different types of industries and help give that that 
that perspective from the research side, as well as what they're seeing from an industry side, you know, as, you know, strategic partners, they want to provide their, their own types of, um, you know, stamp of approval, what's happening. So um, we're really kind of relying on those research partners to almost develop, um, you know, some larger thematic content that helps um, support the types of conversations that they want to have. So I would say those are probably our, our biggest partners from a research side of things um, when it comes to content development and where we're seeing um, any kind of awareness play for our content uh, strategies. And are you finding that those uh, those research groups that you're bringing in, as as well as just everybody kind of in the financial services industry, are adopting social media now more. I've always found it interesting, you know, sometimes uh, regulated industries like financial services will be very quick to adopt uh, a new technology or new platform. And sometimes they'll be a little bit more hesitant. Mm -hmm. I would think in, in your industry, it's probably a little bit of both. There's certainly an interest and enthusiasm. Certainly you've demonstrated that with the activities that you're doing at US Bank. But when you're dealing with you know information around people's money and the sensitivities of personally identifiable information and things. There's also a little bit of trepidation there. How are you kind of working with, 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 with your leadership at the, at, the, at the bank, both in marketing as well as the business side, as well as the research groups and your agencies to kind of weave through those, those, those challenges and, and opportunities? Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head that there's a little bit of both. There are some things that um, being on the social media team and where we're placed, we're actually part of uh, the brand uh, within the, the hierarchy of uh, U.S. Bank rather than corporate marketing. Um, and that allows us to be a little bit more nimble. Um, we also have the kind of the pulse of where the U.S. Bank brand is going and where they would like to be. Um, so we can provide some feedback on where social can help with that, as well as maybe what we're seeing with our business line partners that um, can help them take that next step. Uh, we do see that there are a lot of our business line groups that are exploring um, types of opportunities uh, with different marketing platforms, putting some automation in play, um, trying to be a little bit more strategic with lead gen campaigns and doing uh, uh, some scoring and qualifying there. Um, but it is, you know, something that, you know, we can provide that value because as a social media team, we're uh, partnering with all types of business lines across the bank. So we can provide, uh, let's say, a business line that hasn't put together a sophisticated content marketing plan together yet before. Um, and we can um, give them a playbook from another business line to say they've tested this out they've gotten initial approval to test this platform test this strategy and this is how it worked and so from there they can maybe have something that they can take back to their compliance team uh, to risk analysis uh, analysts and say um, this has already been done on this side of the bank um, these are the considerations uh, would you approve us doing something similar and then we can take that next step a little bit quicker uh, and so that I think that piece from a social side has helped as well as uh, we have a great innovation team here. Uh, in our in our innovation team, we've actually I sit on the same floor as them and have worked side by side with them for the past two years, um, and we've uh, you know invested some time in exploring um, chatbots. Uh, we've been exploring. Uh, different types of uh, virtual pay and that sort of things uh, to be able to help understand not only from a marketing standpoint um, where uh, we can potentially reach our, our customers a little bit more efficiently, but um, how we can expand that user experience and how maybe then social plays a part of that. So how can social tell that story about a new experience for our our customers that 
makes banking easier for them. So uh, I find that to be, you know, another key caveat of how we're uh, kind of pushing the threshold of what we can do at the bank. Jason, that, that, that answer just kind of hit me like a freight train because I realized, you know, the, the kind of the state and traditional kind of world of banking, even in just the past couple of years, is transforming so quickly. I mean, with, with Apple Pay and PayPal and this ability for you to move money from one account to another just with your fingerprint on your Android or iOS device, it is completely transforming, which kind of brings me to, to my, my next question. And this is certainly something we talk about with a lot of our guests on Social Pros and that trying to use social media to find those moments, those inflection points where a customer is deciding to leave whatever service provider or brand or product they're, they're going for to then kind of switch to, a, to another brand. In your case, this would be somebody who's kind of switching banks or considering switching banks. I'm curious, kind of, what's the impetus for, uh, for a switch from somebody from one of those other banks that you mentioned in the open to U.S. Bank? And how are you using social media to, to find those people? And I'm also just kind of curious, how, how often does the average consumer switch banks? Yeah, I mean, I would say loyalty is definitely something that we measure quite a bit. And it is something that... I think banking in general can maybe have a struggle with at times. And so it is an impetus of, um, you know, a, a structure of how they maintain and strengthen their um, their core business is, you know, retaining and strengthening the relationships of the business they already have. And I think one of the things that we see uh, quite a bit is the um, is customers really trusting their bank? Um, if everything works well, they're going to potentially be pretty quiet about what's happening um, with their bank. You know, they may occasionally send us some praise about a certain individual at a branch that provided them exceptional customer service, and they wanted to call attention to that. And we love giving that feedback to branch managers so that they can share it with their team. Um, but you know, we, we kind of live in a world where a lot of people love to go on social media to um, air their grievances. Uh, and so uh, we are aware of that and we listen to that wholeheartedly to understand, OK, where where are we potentially missing the mark? Where um, where are the potential keywords uh, that are continuously popping up in our social listening uh, to that uh, we could go back to our customer service team and say, you should keep an eye on these types of interactions. And so we really want to understand then uh, from that standpoint, again, how can we build that trust? How can we um, how can we either be the bank that everybody wants to stay with and will refer their friends and family to? Or how can we be that next best option for that for that next customer that is potentially looking um, for a new bank because they have potentially lost that trust in their current financial institution? So you really have to be kind of working in lockstep with those customer service folks, because when a customer is is, is tweeting, either they're airing a grievance around a, a competitor's brand or celebrating a great experience they had at U.S. Bank, they don't know whether they're speaking to a marketing or communications person or a customer service person at the at the respective bank. Absolutely. And uh, we do have a, a close relationship with our omni-channel group that does 24-hour banking. And, um, and we have individuals that sit on that team that do help with our social response. And so we we try to make sure that any um, kind of uh, flow chart or kind of um, uh, elevation of um, 
uh, issues that can be answered by a product specialist are kind of one in the same, whether it is somebody calling in, emailing, or uh, potentially reaching out during social as well. So uh, we try to provide that, that timely response and uh, provide you know empathy as well as um, uh, proper customer response and answers when we can provide answers and um, and again knowing when to you know take that offline. Obviously, you know PII and under uh, and uh, customer information we want to be sensitive to and uh, and really be able to address you know like we would any other kind of platform but also through social i know you have a a big and interesting event coming up uh, at the first of of next year as it relates to uh to your brand and and to your bank uh one of your big partnerships or sponsorships of course is the u.s bank stadium in um Minneapolis, which is going to be home to Super Bowl 52, 53. Where are we now? 52. Talk a little bit about that. And are you already preparing for uh, for the deluge of, of chatter around your brand? Uh, we have been preparing for that for the past at least a year. So it's been about a year and a half process that we really... Um, really have been kind of going through that planning um it really you know our our mini test of that was the opening game for u.s bank stadium last season uh when the vikings played the packers uh it was primetime television it was going to be the biggest game of the year uh and we wanted to really um, use that as a good test because there was going to be a lot of hype, a lot of excitement around that. Uh, you know, probably was going to be the most chaotic until potentially if they got into the playoffs. And uh, at the beginning of the year, it looked like uh, the Vikings were going to make it there and just came up short. But um, really, uh, that was kind of our mini Super Bowl. We really wanted to, um, you know, use that as a testing. It was kind of hard to do so because that was going to be our first um, foray, if you will, into uh, a proper partnership um, with a large sporting event like that. So we we kind of had to shoot from the hip a little bit because it was uh, one of those things we haven't had uh, any practice on before. But I think um, we put a good uh, game plan in place um, and really understood how to um, listen and to interact and put some activations beforehand as well as then, um, interactions during the game as well. Uh, and so uh, I think that just continued to evolve. We got stronger with that do- throughout the course of the year. Um, we did have, uh, you know, on J- uh, January 1st, we had the the no DAPL protest at U.S. Bank Stadium. It was specifically, you know, targeted towards U.S. Bank. And we got a lot of learnings off of that. Um, we, we I thought we did a fantastic job. And uh, our uh, monitoring metrics team, as well as our community uh, management team, did a fantastic job of responding to that and understanding understanding what was coming out of that at the at the given time. So um, I think if anything, we kind of realized how we could do some, you know, crisis management around that. And I don't know if we would see anything of the like um, of that during the Super Bowl, but we would uh, at least, you know, understand how we can um, strengthen our, you know, community management and listening um, to be prepared for something as large as uh, the Super Bowl in February. I know you've said that you're actually a Packers fan because you're from Wisconsin originally, but you know no home team has ever played in the Super Bowl in 51 years. It's never happened, but the Vikings are on the rise, so this could be this could, this could be, be the it. year. It they probably could have to be, take and, out the uh, Packers in order to get there, which would probably be unfortunate for you, but it could be probably not, but it could happen. It could it could happen, and uh, we'll we'll see. There is definitely some talk out of uh, Packer camp with some of the the GMs and management around uh, being pretty cool if the Packers could just 
drive across the state over here for the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, invade the Vikings. We'll, we'll, we'll let that continue <laughs> to play out over the course of the year. Twist years, the so. knife. Twist the knife a little bit more. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to take a second to acknowledge the sponsors of the podcast this week. Of course, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, uh, where Mr. Adam Brown serves as the executive strategist. Free ebook from uh, the guys at Salesforce. Interesting stuff too. The topic is more than marketing. Exploring the five roles of the new marketer. It breaks down the five new essential marketing skills that we all need to have to be relevant and still be employed in the future. There's interviews in there. There are stories. There's interactive features. It's actually an interactive download, which is pretty sweet. Immediately actionable steps to master your new talents. Grab it now at cnc.ly slash new marketer. That's cnc.ly slash new marketer. Also, the new ebook produced by myself and the team at Convince and Convert Consulting called The Three Types of Social Media Metrics and Why They'll Get You Promoted. All kinds of info on how to measure social media better, how to merchandise your results better internally, too, so your boss actually knows what the hell you're talking about. Grab that at cnc.ly slash three social metrics. That's cnc.ly slash the number three social metrics metrics and of course all the transcripts of all 281 episodes of social pros links to resources that i talked to you about on the show and more at socialpros.com and also adam fun fact i don't think i told you about this Hmm. brand new social pros website on the way new and improved new and improved fresh borax Full redesign of the Social Pros website and the ConvinceAndConvert.com website on the way. I've uh, been working on it for most of the summer. It's a big project because it's a big site. 281 so uh, episodes. Yes, that's... Yeah, and then in about 5,000 blog posts. So there's a lot lots to move over. Um, but we are super excited about it. So we'll give folks a preview of that uh, in a little bit. Jason, I wanted to ask you a question about creative. You, you're making so many campaigns for so many different reasons and different business lines inside U.S. Bank. I suspect that you have had circumstances where you have put together a campaign or a piece of creative before you could test and optimize it. And you're like, you know what? This totally sucks. There's no way this is going to work. And then, and then it actually worked. Do you have a story like that where you're like, I cannot believe this actually succeeded and it turned out to succeed? <laughs> um, yeah. So I would say when I first came in uh, just about two years ago, uh, our kind of approach or at least um, interactions with our business line partners really were, hey, we have this email marketing campaign. We would like to do something on social to help support it. Here's all the creative that we used for email. And so things of that sort um, happened quite often in the first three to six months that I was here. And um, along with some education, we've definitely evolved (laughs) from that to really provide a little bit more of a a partnership and development of creative. But um, there's a lot of um, types of you know, card awareness is, you know, different products that we have that uh, we were trying to, you know, do some outreach to. I think, you know, one of those specific is, um, you know, your credit card benefits and understanding what those are. Um, those are ones that came to us where they had a pretty established uh, email uh, interaction with their customer base. At that time, we were just starting to get first-party data utilized on Facebook. And so uh, we were just taking email lists that were provided to us and utilizing creative that was primarily optimized for email uh, based on their interactions. And they would um, 
you know, we would do with what we could basically. And those, I mean, those actually ended up working out really well. Um, we did see some decent engagement to those. I think since we started doing that a couple of years ago, we've really evolved. Um, you know, that is a, maybe a specific well, And what works, it's evolved, right? I mean, the, the best practices have evolved yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we're now, uh, you know, at that time, we didn't have any kind of brand lift on Facebook. Now we can really understand is, you know, are, is there a brand awareness that's happening with that? We could, you know, take a look at that. Um, again, we using, using a little bit more of our uh, research studies to help understand, um, how our customers are interacting with our brand and what they feel comfortable with. Um, we're using targeting a lot more efficiently. Um, if we do have a targeted, um, you know, URL or landing page that that specifically educates around those types of benefits. We're creating, you know, website custom audiences to help put them in a, a, a certain pool that we know these are the engaged um, users that um, they're willing to learn a little bit more about this product. Maybe we can uh, leverage that for other products that they're uh, potentially already customers for, or even maybe down the line, maybe a, a secondary product that they're not using yet that would uh, maybe be beneficial to them based on the product that we know that they are already using. So, um, those types of things have really, you know, we, we started with the basics of putting those almost uh, retrofitting. Please, you know, please, make, please make a Facebook ad out of my direct mail piece. Sorry, was that? You started off with, please make a Facebook ad out of my direct mail piece. Yeah, basically, yes. And so um, really just evolving from from those types of traditional marketings and please make this uh, into social to uh, being part of that uh, process for content development and giving them uh, social specific content that'll help support whatever their goals are. So yeah, you obviously have budgets for each of your campaigns. If you had no budget, if you had an unlimited budget and they just said, Jason, you're the man, figure it out. What would you do more of or do differently if you didn't have a budget consideration? Mm, that is a very good question. Um, more Honestly, I, I live in a B2B world uh, who, I, who I partner primarily with. And so um, I would say if I had those budgets, I would do a much more larger integrated campaign um, with uh, different types of lead gen, um, specifically on social, you know, we're, we're just testing out, um, in mail here, we had to do quite a bit to get that approved because it is a unique, um, customer interaction, um, and how that's defined on LinkedIn, um, especially being compliant with our marketing. We really had to kind of, uh, do a little more research on how we felt comfortable with that. And so, uh, we really understanding, um, what that would look like if we were going to use it as more of a strategic lead gen opportunity, um, where that fits, you know, for our, our clients on the B2B side that have webinars, that have white papers, you know, helping them understand how those types of advertising, um, you know, in partnership with a LinkedIn sponsored updates with, you know, we are, you know, using Facebook as well from a B2B side um, and really understand where social can help play that awareness and then help drive those types of conversions. And so, um, that's where I think I'm really most excited where social fits in is really understanding where those um, lead gen opportunities are for a much larger integrated campaign um, and how either social can support or lead those opportunities. So I would definitely put a, a, an unlimited budget into something like that to, to help build an infrastructure. I think that's what we're hearing from from so many of our uh, of, of our of our 
uh, interview subjects and, uh, and even my customers at Salesforce is this interest and renewed interest in LinkedIn. I know we had AJ Wilcox, uh, Jay on the show, uh, a month or so back. Uh, and that's, you know, a big part of the, the technology and the craft that, that he's building on lead generation specifically with, uh, with, with LinkedIn. Yeah. Great episode. Look for it in the archives. If you haven't listened to that uh, episode with AJ Wilcox, all about the ins and outs of LinkedIn ads. Jason, I know one of the other big things that as social media marketers, we can always kind of hang our hook on is when our company or our brand does something that's kind of a social first, where social is the primary channel or medium that's being used uh, for a program rather than it being kind of a second fiddle or a secondary or tertiary part of of what at least I call a surround sound marketing campaign when you're using lots of different disciplines and lots of different channels. I know you had a, a very much social first campaign uh, for U.S. Bank with your Tour Possible uh, project, which I thought was fascinating because it came from a bank. But you, it was, it was a great idea, and it really drove some interesting uh, metrics. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about Tour Possible? Yeah, so Tour Possible is a small segment activation uh, for our larger brand campaign. And uh, those of you that are in some of our markets may have seen some uh, new U.S. bank commercials. That's kind of our, our bigger uh, part of that. And so um, Tour Possible was specific activation that we did in Milwaukee and Seattle. And what we uh, wanted to do there is we really wanted to create something that involved the community Uh, but put the community first and had the bank kind of in the background really you know we were omnipresent uh if somebody went to it they you know you would definitely see that this was part of a u.s bank event but um it was not something that we wanted to push that it's u.s bank u.s bank u.s bank it's something that no this is the community this is something that is part of um, the individuals that make make it up and we're just help uh, helping as an institution to um, either make that possible or strengthen the community with that type of support. And so Tour Possible was a, a battle of the bands type of uh, activation uh, where everything was really social first. We we put out uh, uh, some advertisements uh, to interested parties, uh, kind of targeted demographic of musicians, people that followed certain stations, certain bands in those markets, uh, and really tried to have them take ownership of it. So we had uh, about almost 40 entries in each market, and that kind of got dwindled down to uh, 20 or uh, 15 to 20 finalists and those finalists could then promote to their fans to um, wherever they were you know in in the in their community uh, whether it's online or offline um, and really share the tour possible opportunity uh, that they have uh, that was then brought down to six finalists uh, four based on votes and two um, uh, internal um, uh, kind of wild cards, so to speak. And those individuals then, um, we did some really great creative production, helped tell their story, uh, what their music's all about, where they've had struggles, where they are now, where they'd like to be, um, and help them, give them kind of a, a sounding board for what their music is all about. Uh, as part of this, you know, those six finalists were able to perform uh, for a chance at $20,000 uh, and judged by, uh, you know, local uh, radio personalities. Um, we had uh, an Amazon um, streaming services representative in Seattle. Uh, we had a um, 
a record label uh, executive at the uh, Milwaukee show and really have them decide, okay, who do they think could be the one that takes it to the next level that, you know, fits well in music streaming services that fits well into the type of genre music um, and where that music is going, um, that they could be the next big artist and that the $20,000 prize would be something that could really help elevate them and take them to that next level. And so as part of that activation, we really uh, allowed those um, artists to take ownership of it, share the uh, tour possible message. And we then, um, again, curated the content around that, uh, developing videos uh, based on uh, their stories, videos based on the concert itself. Kind of the next evolution of that going forward is really um, then telling the story of how the bank can provide uh, the support to help make that that dream possible for wherever they want to go with their music careers. So giving them some guidance on how to use the $20,000, um, giving them access to uh, a record label executive to give them the ins and outs of the business if they're not familiar with it already. Um, and then we're going to tell that as much a, a larger story. So a lot of this was uh, storytelling within those markets, but we see this as a much broader evolution to a national storytelling um, campaign. And so um, not just taking, you know, the one day we have the event, but really understanding how content can be created, developed and supported over a month's period of time. I love that campaign on so many different levels, Jason. I mean, just because of, I think, the interest and enthusiasm around music, because it is at its basis around kind of community banking, which is you know, a concept that I think is is emotional and drives uh, drives interest and awareness in a brand like U.S. Bank. And as you said, you can bookend it and you can turn it and transform it into truly a, a national or repeatable type of, of campaign. So so serious kudos for you on uh, on that, Jason. I have one last question before I, I hand it back over to uh, to Jay. And uh, one of the things you told us uh, right before the show was uh, getting some advice uh, from a PR professional about six years ago as you were looking at your career in marketing and communications and trying to determine whether or not you were going to stay in this thing called social media or, or branch out or diversify. Love for you to share with our audience that advice you got. And also, did you, did you take the advice? Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, about six years ago, I was working at a communications firm that uh, worked with the, the uh, largest kind of worldwide um, consultancies out there, like your Aeon Hewitts of the world um, and Mercers of the world and those types of things. And um, we were providing some interactive communications for them for some of their enterprise partners. And every single time they came to us, uh, we were providing them, you know, these great interactive platforms. But they always asked us, well, how can we maybe get the message out for these people to use the website? And what do you think about using social? And that was something that, you know, even the consultants were wondering about. And we didn't have a play for that because we didn't, we weren't in social too actively, but it was something that always, since I always kept on hearing it come up as an account manager, I was like, I got to learn more about this. I got to figure out exactly what is the best approach for whether it is internal or external communications to get that message out, to get more people to engage and, uh, and get to um, your, uh, your websites where you want them to go and drive that traffic. So I really did a lot of you know, self-education 
um, went to, we had a social, we have a great social media breakfast organization here in the Twin Cities. I just kept on going to those every single uh, month, uh, really interacting with that community uh, until I got to a point where I was able to um, really kind of show my chops and get my first social media job. Uh, and in that in that role, I was like, great, this is fantastic. I, I, I love where this is going. I continue to see the evolution of social media, but uh, I wasn't, you know, when I was maybe applying for that next job, I wasn't seeing a whole lot of interaction from brands or agencies. And so um, I reached out to this PR professional who's worked with many of the Fortune 500s in these uh, in Twin Cities here, which we have quite a few, and asked him, you know, like, I've worked in social media primarily in marketing. You know, what is your advice to kind of present myself best to these employers, whether it is an agency or a brand? And he said, get out of social media. And I'm just like, I was floored. I was shocked. I was like, but I see so many opportunities. I see, you know, I still see brands and agencies hiring for social media specialists or managers. And I, I just, I, I didn't understand that. So I'm, so I had him go further and he's just like, well, you get into these organizations, um, and they don't want you to know just one thing. They want you to know all digital marketing. Uh, they want you to know how to do SEO. They want you to know how to do search, uh, content, uh, copywriting, all that sort of thing, uh, to be able to be leveraged across the board. Uh, because special, he, he thought specialists were a dying breed. And I kind of, I took offense to that for a couple of weeks and then thought about it holistically. And I'm like, well, he may be wrong about specialists dying off, but he wasn't wrong about really expanding your knowledge and knowing how all digital works together. And so that's where I took it upon myself to know a little bit more. Um, I went outside my comfort zone. I went to an agency where social was a component, but they had everything integrated with content and SEO uh, and really had a holistic integrated campaign around that. So I wasn't just relying on my social skills, but uh, I was working with teams to help better understand my content writing capabilities and editing and what what is a proper way of uh, placing keywords in uh, naturally within content, you know, how that affects natural organic search, where our paid search fits in with all of that and, you know, being ranked in certain keywords. And so really that helped me understand, yes, I can still be in social, but I can be such more such more of an asset to any partners, whether it's at my current job or where, you know, now coming to us bank that I can let them know how social fits within their larger scheme. And so, uh, I felt that's helped me quite a bit in this role where I can meet with marketing managers and different business lines and not just give them my social recommendations, but be a sounding board for this is how social is going to help your, uh, your content strategy. This is how social is going to help, uh, your, uh, your your search potentially if you're trying to do keyword optimization and, and developing a blog and that sort of thing. So really just, you know, I felt that, you know, it was one of those types of things where it was, I was shocked, but really took to heart um, what the true message was from that advice. Yeah, that's really inspirational. I, I love the way you phrase that. And I think obviously you're on the right side of history with all the great work you're doing at U.S. Bank. Jason, I'm going to ask you the two questions that we ask every guest here on Social Pros. The first is, what one tip would you give somebody looking to become a social pro? Uh, continue to learn. Um, if you are not in um, in the mindset that you're going to be open to learning new things or would like to continue to find new ways of doing things, social media might not be the place for you. So always be learning. Um, you know, ABL instead of ABC, but, um, 
definitely can keep your mind open so that you uh, you're always wanting to learn what's next and best, uh, but still trying to find uh, what maybe are those best practices. Couldn't agree with that more. Last question for you, Jason Schober, Social Media Campaign Manager, U.S. Bank, is if you could do a Skype call with any living person, who would it be? Is it Aaron Rodgers? I'm just throw that out there. <laughs> no, uh, you know, I I, w- I wouldn't say I get too starstruck. Uh, uh, I love going back to, you know, Packer Camp and um, uh, interacting with that community. But I'm going to be a little sentimental and uh, probably – reach out. I would want to Skype with one of my old teachers and coaches. Um, there's a couple that I've lost, uh, kind of, uh, c- communication with over the years have, you know, heard through the grapevine, maybe what they're doing. Um, but, uh, you know, like my seventh grade science teacher was also my basketball coach. Um, you know, my, my freshman or, uh, sophomore, uh, baseball coach, those guys were, you know, they were really influential and it's just, you kind of think of it as you get older here and you start to have kids sending them to school, you start to think about like how important they were, but you really don't know where they are to this day. So uh, I would say probably one of those teachers try to connect with them again. I love that. That is fantastic. I I feel the same way about a lot of my teachers. I would not be here literally without uh, their guidance and inspiration. So thank you for that. Jason, we really appreciate you being on Social Pro, sharing all of your knowledge with our listeners. Congratulations on all the great work at U.S. Bank. I'm sure Social Pro's listeners can just send you a quick email and get Super Bowl tickets. We'll make sure to direct them to do that. Uh, on the, uh, on the <laughs> I'm still working program. on that myself. Yeah, I'm, I imagine that's true. Uh, we've got two great guests coming up in the next two weeks, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's, it's food stretch here at the Social Pro's podcast. Uh, we have Krispy Kreme. And the new launch of Ghost Tequila, which is tequila infused with hot chili peppers right up my alley. So those are the two next episodes. It's uh, we're, we're taking a food detour here at Social Pro, so tune in for that as well. As I mentioned earlier, all 281 episodes of the show are available at socialpros.com, soon to be redesigned. On behalf of Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud, I am Jay Baer from Convince and Convert. He is Jason Schober from U.S. Bank, and this has been Social Pros. Thanks for listening to Social Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to socialpros.com for a complete show archive and for our greatest hits. Social Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, and by Yext. And is produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert Media. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, visit us at convinceandconvert.com.